grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text and our sermon uh, text is from Galatians 5.1 and then picking it up at verse 13 through 25. For you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for your flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Dear friends of Christ, last week we talked about Richard Phillips who um, had the infamous honor, I guess it's an honor of, of uh, having the longest wrongful imprisonment, 46 years in prison, and eventually DNA set him free. Well, this morning Paul continues his discussion of freedom, the freedom we have in Christ. Uh, in Jesus, we have an ultimate freedom. We know our sins have been forgiven. We know we've been set free from sin and death. We're going to live forever. And that Jesus has overcome all of our past, and He's overcome all of our future. Our past has no power over us, and the future has no power over us because Jesus has control of the past and the future, right? And so, by His redeeming blood, He set us free. And we're free to live for Him. Our sins have been completely paid for. We as Christians, therefore, since our sins are, have been washed away, we, we don't live in fear. I hope you don't live in fear. I, I hope you don't, you don't fear God's wrath or God's punishment or God's judgment. I hope you don't fear judgment day. We may not fear those things, but we certainly know we deserve them, right? Because we have broken God's commandments. All, after all, our sins do offend God. And, and again, because of our sins, we know, we know, we deserve eternal death. That's what we deserve. However, we also know that we have freedom in the blood of Jesus Christ. He set us free. And so, if you've been set free, you're free indeed, right? Now, our text today is a continuation of Paul's letter to the Galatians. And in the letter, he, ple he pleads with us, he pleads with Christians, he says, please don't lose the freedom you've had in Christ. Isn't it terrible to lose freedom? You know, sometimes we have the elderly, and they have to go to uh, the nursing home. And do the elderly like going to the nursing home? No, why? Because you lose your freedom. They tell you when you're going to eat. They tell you when you're going to bathe. You know, they, 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 they take care of you. Don't lose your freedom. It's not fun losing our freedom. Uh, but you can lose your freedom. Freedom can be taken away in a second. Freedom can ta be taken away in a moment. Spiritual freedom can be taken away too. You can lose your spiritual freedom. Do you know that? You know that you can lose your faith. That's right. There's no guarantees that it stays. And, of course, we can lose our faith at any moment by uh, simply falling away from the truth of God's Word or by allowing sin to dwell in our lives. Sin destroys faith. That's why we have all the warnings. Repent, turn away, don't live in sin. It destroys faith. Heresy. Heresy is a false teaching. And it's easy to fall into into heresy. It's easy to believe a lie. And Satan, well, he's filled with lies. The Bible says that Satan is a father of lies, and, and Satan wants you to believe his lie. 
It's a mathematical formula, a spiritual mathematical formula, that he lies to us. He says Christ plus anything else equals salvation. And that's a lie. Christ plus anything else equals salvation. It's wrong. Because a true mathematical form- formula for salvation is simple. Christ plus anything equals nothing. Or we can say it maybe perhaps better, Christ plus nothing equals everything. Christ alone. That's our theme. The Bible's clear. There is nothing we can add to our salvation. Got it? Jesus alone's done it. Christianity 101, basic stuff. Jesus covered your sins and you're set free. But the Galatians had it wrong. Maybe you have it wrong too. And if you do, we need to talk about that. The bottom line, though, is simple. Jesus is all we need. You don't need anything else to be saved. The blood of Jesus. But the devil wants to confuse us. Heresy. It's false. Satan lies to us. And he gets his people, God's people, to think Christ plus anything equals salvation. It does not. That is a satanic lie. It's a damnable lie. You can't add to perfection, and Jesus is perfection. And when you came to faith through holy baptism, or when you came to faith through the power of God's Word, when you received all that, you received perfection. You received received everything you need for eternal life. You've got it. You possess it. That's a freedom you can never afford to lose. You can't afford to lose that, because if you do, you lose your soul. I hope you know that. Salvation can be lost. I hope you're not tinkering around with your faith by dwelling and living in sin, because sin can drive you away from Jesus. I see it happen all the time. People fall into sin, and soon they don't feel comfortable sitting out in the pew. They fall into sin, and they get feeling guilty, and they can't even sit and worship with the people of God. Is their sin forgiven? Yes, but their guilt and shame weigh down heavy on them. And the life they're living and continue to live in bears on them. It happened to King David. He said it was like a weight, God pushing down on me continually as he was caught up in the sin of of adultery with Bathsheba and then murder of her husband. It almost ruined his, 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 his life. Your salvation can be lost, and sin can drive you away from Jesus. That's why Paul exhorts, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then, people of God. Do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke of slavery. And then Paul hits on the lie. Satan tells believers, since you're forgiven you're free to sin. He's good at forgiving. You're good at sinning. It's a great deal. Good sinners, good forgiver. We blend together. I can still do what I want. I can have my cake and eat it too. I can be a lousy, no good, rebellious sinner and still be saved by the grace of God. Since Jesus loves you, you don't have to obey God's law. That's a lie. We hear teachings in churches like that across America all the time. But Paul disagrees. He says, For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. 
You know, Paul's speaking against that ancient heresy called antinomianism. I know that doesn't mean much to you, but anti is against, nomos is a law. So it's against God's law. It's Christians who are against God's law. I don't want to hear the rules. Don't tell me what to do, what not to do. Makes me feel bad. Antinomians are people who, and it's Satan's lie, that says we don't have to keep God's Ten Commandments, that Christians, it's the old heresy that says Christians are free from any moral constraints. Listen, I said last week, and it bears saying again, the law is good, the law is right, the law is holy. The gospel is good, the gospel is right, the gospel is holy, but the law has limitations. The law can't save you. The law was never meant to save you. The law was meant to show you how to live and to show you your sin. The gospel is about Jesus who gave his son, God who gave his son to die for you. The gospel saves. And in that perfect perfection in Christ, perfect righteousness, Romans 8, 1 is true. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're set free from the law. There's no condemnation. However, just because sin can't condemn you doesn't mean you're free to live in it. Just because sin can't condemn you doesn't mean you're free to sin. Sin destroys faith. I hope you understand that. Is it confusing? Kinda. But it really is simple. In Christ, we have been set free from sin. However, that does not mean that we are free to live in sin. Martin Luther and the former said it this way, we're justified by faith alone, but not by a faith that is alone. Faith is never alone. It's always accompanied by how we live. Faith produces good works, but sin has the power to destroy faith. Listen, we're all born in sin, and even if we weren't, James 2.10 tells us, for whoever keeps the whole law of God and yet stumbles at just one point of the law is guilty of breaking it all. And I just illustrated that with the kids by blowing up a balloon and popping it. I mean, how are you going to put that balloon back together again? A little masking tape? A little glue? No, it's broken. It's never, never going to be fixed again. Pieces are everywhere. Well, what's true physically is true spiritually in that regard. You can't fix a broken soul either. And one sin can destroy a soul just like one sin can destroy a, one, one prick can destroy a balloon. And the Bible says we're born in sin. We're all broken. So we're born into a world of broken lawbreakers. By nature, sinful. By nature, broken. By nature, unclean. And by nature, we break God's law. By nature, we break His commandments. And worse, there's nothing we can do to fix the brokenness. That's why we need a Savior. God comes to rescue us. So He sends Jesus. He sends Jesus to set us free. 
to set us free from the slavery of sin. I want you to look at the screens here. Um, again, I said it's Christianity 101, but here you see our souls. There's our sin. And of course, the, the background is darkness. You're born, in, you're born broken. Throughout our lives, though, then we start to do things. I, I get angry or I lie, I cheat, and those are the sins that we do. Those sins that we do, we think, condemn us. No, they don't. The life we're born into condemned us. But then you have Jesus' life, and His life is perfect, and it's white, and it's sinless, because He never broke any of God's rules. His life is perfect, right? The perfect life of Jesus. Now what happens is a transformation changes. Jesus takes on our sin, and we get Christ's righteousness. Now watch, right? There's a switch. We become sinless through the blood of Jesus. Jesus then bears all of our sins in His flesh, like that sponge I was talking about. Jesus bears all of our sin on the cross. He takes it all to Himself and then dies for it all and conquers it all. And we're set free. We're set free. We've been made perfect by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, that's true. Christianity 101. And then Christ becomes sin for us and then is is destroyed for us because sin has to be destroyed and so god the father destroys the sin in christ but he rises again so it's called justification right just as if you never sinned uh, it's, it's that courtroom act slam, god slams down the gavel and says your sins are are forgiven you're set free again christ's righteousness and our guilt watch what happens the guilt goes to jesus we have Christ's righteousness, Romans 4.25. He, he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised again from the dead for our justification. We're set free to be people of God. However, this justification didn't just happen. God just didn't slam down the gavel and say, you guys are all holy. It wasn't so easy. Christ had to die for you. He had to suffer for you. And now because he shed the blood, Christ sees, God sees you sinless. And that gift is free. You live in the freedom of that great gift. The precious gift of salvation. So you don't have to climb to heaven by being good. It's not a journey of, gosh, I have to keep all the rules. And if I keep all the rules and keep going to church, keep giving to church, no. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. Christ alone. Christ plus nothing equals everything. He just simply declares you perfect through the blood of Jesus. Again, we have a problem though because we live in the condemnation of our sin. We are condemned by our sinful nature. Condemned broken people can't get to heaven. Heaven is only for perfect people. You can't get to heaven unless you're perfect. So how do imperfect people make the journey to the perfect place? I know this is just an illustration, but and the, and the, and the, the chasm that is there, you say, well, why does he just jump? Well, for the illustration, you can't jump, all right? So don't, because you can't jump from earth to heaven. So don't look at that and say, well, I got that figured out, I'll just jump. No, that doesn't work, all right? You jump, you're going to fall into the abyss of fire. You have to cross. How do you get across? And people say, well, 
how about 50% God's grace and, and 50% just what I do? You know, God's grace plus a little bit. Christ plus something equals salvation? No. You will fall into the abyss. You, won't, you will not make it safely across because you're, carrying the whole, you're still carrying the whole weight of your sin on your cross. And the weight of your sin is immense. Carrying your sin across to heaven can't happen. There can be no sin in you as you make the journey or you will fall to your eternal damnation. How about if we do 75% of God's grace and 25% of something that we do? No. Even then, you're still carrying the weight of sin. And the weight of sin will plunge you to your eternal death. Because you can't get to heaven being an imperfect person. You must be perfect to make the journey. How about if we do 99% of God's grace and only 1% of something that we're doing? No, because that 1% is still carrying sin. And you're carrying that sin and that burden of sin from an imperfect place to a perfect place. You can't make the journey. The, the, the sin will weigh you down and you will fall into the eternal fire, eternal death, eternal abyss. There's only one way to make the journey. You have to be made perfect through the blood of Jesus. And He takes upon Himself your sin. Now can you make it across? Yes, because you've been made perfect. And then eventually, one day, we will all go into the presence of God to live in that perfect place because Jesus died for all of them. He bore the weight of your sin. The cross says it all. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Again, in my children's sermon, I used a sponge. You can, you can take the screen down. I use a sponge to show how Jesus absorbs all of our brokenness. And on the cross, that's what Jesus did. He absorbed it all. He suffered terribly for our sin. He paid the price. Why? So that we could be set free. Free to do what? You're set free to do what? We are saved by God's grace to serve Christ alone. You say, how can I serve Him? Love. We're made perfect by His blood. But that perfection doesn't give us the right to continue in sin. Paul says, walk by the Holy Spirit so you don't gratify the desires of your sinful flesh. For the desires of your sinful flesh are against the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Holy Spirit are against your sinful flesh. For these are opposed to each other. So the message is, is clear. Stay away from sin. Yes, Jesus has rescued you from the punishment of sin, but you also have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has taught you, and the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you to live a holy life for the one who has saved you, and so the Holy Spirit leads you to obey Jesus by obeying His commandments. Again, listen to Paul's words. You are indeed called to be free, brothers and sisters. Don't turn this freedom into an excuse to live for your corrupt nature and let your corrupt nature express itself. Rather, serve each other through love. All of Moses' teachings are summarized into a single statement, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you criticize and attack each other, be careful that you don't destroy each other. Freedom in Jesus does not mean we have the freedom to be mean to each other. 
Freedom in Christ does not mean we can abuse each other in our families or in our homes or in our church. We're saved to serve. Saved to love. Salvation comes first, yes, always. Christ alone. But faith and service flow from Christ. Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And he has a bunch of other things that are only from the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there, is no, there are no rules. You do those things that are always right. And, these, and those who belong to Jesus Christ have, have crucified the flesh with all of his passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with what the Spirit desires. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, God flows through you. That's faith. When the Holy Spirit lives in you, His desires flow through you. That's faith. And His desire for you is to love. There's no commandment against love. Love is always right. Love is always good. Love is always holy. It is by love that you have been saved. God's undeserved love. Grace. And again, Paul writes, for the sinful nature is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. You have a constant conflict going on in your soul if you're a Christian. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. You want to do what's right. Now, let me give you an illustration. You get mad, right? You just get mad, and you get so mad that you're getting ready to lose control. You're about to pop. And then when, when, you're, when you pop, when you're angry, someone's going to get hurt. Words are going to be said. What do you do? What's a child of God do? Do we lose control, let the sin out, hurt people with our angry words? Or let the Holy Spirit control our behavior? But there's a conflict in all that, isn't there? You see, when we're free in Christ... You want to live for Christ. That means you want to fight for the new life. Fight for what's right. And what sins should we avoid? Well, Paul gives us a list of things that destroy our faith. Avoid these things because they destroy faith. Illicit sex. Perversion. A perverted personality. Promiscuity idolatry, drug use, hatred, rivalry, a jealousy or anger, angry outbursts, selfish ambition, conflict, factions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild partying, and similar things. I've told you As I told you in the past, I'm telling you again that people who do these kinds of things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When we go back to these things, we risk losing the wonderful freedom we have in Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.